0: People often say there are three things you should never talk about, politics, religion, and money. Well, today we're going to do a deep dive on two of those three. How political should we be as Christians? Stick around and let's talk about it.
1: Welcome into the Harvest Friends. I am Abigail and I am here today with Andrew and Lakeith. We are excited to have you. If you are new to our channel, our goal is to help you live and share your faith in the everyday places of life. We talk about real issues facing believers in the modern world and we have videos full of helpful tips and tools to help you be a disciple in the 21st century. So we hope that you will subscribe, ring that little bell give us thumbs up, all the things so that you can always catch our videos. So today, uh, we're going to be talking about politics. Aren't we excited? (laughs) (laughs) You know, people say that you should not talk about religion which we do all the time, uh, politics. And what's the other thing? Oh, money, money. We'll get to that on another, another day. (laughs) We'll, We'll pace ourselves, but we are talking about politics today because you know, 2020 is not crazy enough. It's also an election year in the United States and things are really ramping up. And so we felt like we would like to cover the topic of how political should Christians be? Um, I'm a little nervous, I'm not gonna lie. Andrew, are we crazy to be even talking about this today?
0: <laughs> well, I guess we can let people decide after we finish the conversation, but I don't think we're crazy to be talking about it, for sure, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's like that saying that you just quoted, Abigail. People say that you shouldn't talk about it, but of course, everyone always does. So it's definitely gonna be a topic of conversation in our individual lives, in our um, neighborhoods Uh, on social media, and so I think we should absolutely address this issue of how political should Christians be, should they be political at all. I think there's a few reasons that come to my mind of why this is relevant for us to talk about. Um, Of course, you know, our whole ministry is into the harvest, which means that we want to live our faith, share our faith in the everyday places of life, and I think that, you know, your view of politics has a lot to say about how you understand discipleship and disciple making because it gets into, it can get into issues of what, what is your ultimate source of hope? What are you trusting? Um, we definitely can be tempted to view uh, politics as one of the main ways that we're going to solve problems and fix things. Um, and it can also become if we're not careful, it can become a real focus so that instead of being focused on uh, seeking first, the kingdom and making disciples of all nations, we can be giving our energy and our attention to, um, lobbying for this political cause or this, this particular candidate. Um, I think another reason why we want to talk about it is that it can do real damage to our, our witness as believers. If we don't have a good biblical understanding of not just politics, but how we engage in it. And, um, I think we've probably all seen that and probably all made some mistakes in our own lives about how we represent uh, Jesus in the midst of political conversations. And the last thing I would say is that we live in an age of social media, and that has, I think, just multiplied what's at stake. And so if we don't get our view on politics and faith right, then that just goes out to the world. And again, I think uh, any listener of ours will know that, that they've probably seen pretty bad examples of Christians who are, uh, I would say, misrepresenting Christ because of the way they're discussing politics on social media. So for all those reasons, we're going to talk about it today. Not that we're going to have all the answers, but we're going to have a conversation and maybe share with our, our listeners some of what we're thinking as we enter the home stretch of the uh, presidential election season.
1: Yeah, and I hope that we can give people some good takeaways um, towards the end of this episode of how we should move forward. Um, Hopefully we can wrap it up with that um, of just how, as believers, we can be impacting the world around us in a positive way, even in a political climate. So let's get started with maybe... um, Kind of the mistakes that we see christians making the reason i say this is because that's probably why i was the most nervous about doing this episode is because that's the only thing i can think of It's just all the crazy so let's get that out of the way now <laughs> let's talk about maybe some mistakes that we as believers are making in this arena
2: yeah i think uh just disclaimer guys we have never talked to m- about this as a crew like i don't know abigail's politics i don't know andrew's like i mean i can assume and over the years i've I've gotten a few things but uh yeah at the same time this is not rehearsed we're going at this uh cold turkey so hmm. i am uh encouraged that we're gonna hopefully have a constructive conversation about a very hard topic one that's a big no-no in the out there in the world but hopefully we can set an example of yeah, what it means to talk through politics and what it what it might look like for us today. So, that's my uh, one disclaimer I'll put out.
1: Good, Keith, because you know you and I did talk about politics last week, if you remember.
2: Uh, just a little bit. I remember you saying something, <laughs> yeah. but we didn't we didn't get specific. You know, I don't know. Uh... No,
1: I'm going to tell everyone what I said <laughs> last week. I was very excited that Kanye is running for president in 2020. <laughs> Not. any other reason just that's what we need as 2020 that's just like the excitement that Abigail needed for her personal life so anyway it was more of a joke don't worry (laughs) everyone calm down (laughs) okay so what mistakes do we see happening maybe particularly on social media but I think they can happen in our real face-to-face lives as well but what do we see maybe things that we should avoid doing I can think a lot. Andrew, we'll start with you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I had a few thoughts um, on this particular question of mistakes that we can make. But, you know, social media in particular, I guess I would say, is engaging in the discussion in a way that invalidates our witness as Christians. So, um, you know, I've got got some own practices that I have when it comes to uh, posting about politics on social media. Uh, But without even getting into that, I, I don't do very much of it at all. Um, But even if you do choose to engage in conversations about politics on social media, then the way you engage is everything. So it's not just the fact that you're talking about a certain topic or an issue or perhaps you're you're for or against a certain candidate. But um, the way that you state that and then the way you interact. um, I mean, the beauty of social media is that we can be connected with people. Um, from around the world, the downside is that that connection is very surface level. You're not having eye-to-eye contact. It can quickly escalate into um, um, a really negative uh, debate, and and we have to always, I think, be aware that we're rep- we're representing Christ first and foremost, um, not just with what we say, but how we say it, how we have the, those conversations. And I, but I would say even w- what, we choose to talk about, um, is, is critical. And so I was just reading in the gospels where the Pharisees come to Jesus and they're telling him that Herod is out to get him. And, you know, if you look at Jesus' response, he basically, I would say he basically blows it off. Like, uh, I've got no time for Herod. I've, I've got a mission that I'm on, uh, today, tomorrow, and the next day I'm going to reach my goal. Um but it wasn't that he wasn't aware of who Herod was and that he didn't respond to what the Pharisees were saying. It's just, he didn't get sucked into it. Um, So I would say that's the number one mistake that I see on social media is Christians on the one hand um, raising the flag for Christ, being known on social media as a Christian and then uh, engaging in political conversations in a way that, that really reflects poorly on Christ.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I just, it, thinks, it turns very negative really quick. And, uh, yeah, there's no class on how to have a, a good political debate online. Like, there's no prep for that. So you kind of do go into it blindly. And um, I think I've seen people uh, take a, a hard stance on something without a lot of backup or research, you know. Like, we come in, all of us, obviously all of us have our own, like, leanings or biases, and I can admit that. So we're going to lean towards certain candidates or certain people. But we bring that in and we almost back them fully without I guess uh, knowing too much about their character or what they stand for and I think that's where it can get a little uh, you know dicey because I think uh, putting our faith or our hope in people too much you're gonna there's some stuff that might come out of it you know so I I, I agree with Andrew like if we can bank on we can bank on Jesus' character like we don't have to worry about uh, somebody bringing up something about him in the past or something like that like Thankfully, God allowed him to live a sin sinless life. So, um, I think ultimately we put our confidence in Him. And uh, as far as politics, I uh, yeah I see a lot of people putting it, a lot of their hope and faith, and in one individual saying like this person's gonna do it. They're gonna they're gonna change it. And if I was in that position, I wouldn't know it's Like I wouldn't know how to change the world. So uh, I would do the best I could and be as researched as I could. But I would know that there's a huge chance that I could fall short. So um, yeah, I want to be supportive of uh local politics and the you know the big people in charge but I I also want to um hold it with an open hand and realize that they open to mistakes and that uh there's a yeah I got to put my confidence in God so
1: Yeah I I agree with both of you I mean I'm sad to hear that that means that Kanye is not the, sa- the savior <laughs> our country needs <laughs> News to me. Um, I uh, <laughs> I really see, um, like you both said, that we get very easily distracted from the gospel message, from Jesus being our hope and our purpose. And that's usually what happens is we're bringing politics in to be a solution for our hearts, for who we are, you know, all of us as sinners. Um, but there, obviously, we have to live a life. We have to you know, pay our bills, we have to pay our taxes, and we have to hopefully vote in elections. So that is something that we as believers hopefully are engaging in. Um, So how do we, you know, do both? How do we be an active member of our society, but not um, go overboard and make it take the place of Jesus? Um, I've been reading a book uh, over the last few weeks um, that has maybe like kind of impacted how I'm coming at this episode at all. So I'm just going to go ahead and make that as my caveat. I've been reading a book called The Color of Compromise. um, And I don't know if I'm going to recommend it yet. So wait to order your copy, but, um, it is talking about, um, just how Christians in, in the United States and even before it was a country have impacted the racial issues that our country has faced. And one of the things that I noticed in that book over history and over time is, um, spiritual leaders, people in authority, p- um, people who um, find themselves uh, in front of a large uh, congregation, um, really taking political stances. And so either turning the Bible to fit the needs of a particular political party, or um, just a group of people and their, you know, personal needs. Um, and so I, th- I thought, you know, that is something that I have seen over time, that um, we all of us, even if we don't have a large congregation, we all have an influence. We are all influencers, <laughs> even if it's like one person. <laughs> and we have to be careful with that. You know, we have to be careful with our influence. Um, I think, you know, the, the cited in this book were all people who were really purposely doing it. Um, but I think we can do it in a um by accident as well by you know accidentally throwing out our opinions kind of carelessly and not even thinking it's going to make much of a difference but it can because we all are influencing someone and in something so i think that's probably the biggest thing that i see
0: hey friends thanks for watching the show i wanted to take a quick moment to say if you're someone who's looking for insights ideas and inspiration that will fuel your faith for the 21st century then make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter harvest highlights it's free and it's loaded with resources that will help you be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places so make sure you check it out there's a link in the description of this video back to the show
1: um, our next question that we're going to cover is maybe different approaches that we've seen this kind of is maybe a kind of a good segue from what I was just talking about um, among Christians so how what have we seen through time what would we see now what are the different approaches that we're kind of um, maybe have as options. Andrew, you kind of had written Antibaptist versus immoral our majority. You want to kind of clear that up for everyone listening? <laughs> maybe for me.
0: Right. Well, I mean, even touching back to what you were talking about with our influence, one of the ways that we influence, uh, maybe in ways that, that we don't even think about, is um, how active we are in politics or, or how big of a deal we make of uh, say a presidential election, and I'm, I'm just gonna say I think generally speaking we make way, way too big of a deal over a presidential election, um, and so e- even even the uh, degree to which we get caught up in a a presidential election or the politics of the moment, I think has an influence on on younger believers, other members of the uh, the church. Um, in terms of how much, how serious they should take it, how, how big of a deal they should um, make of, of a, a political campaign uh, or an issue of the moment. So just generally speaking, I think one of the influences that we need to be mindful of is um, how much we pay attention to the uh, politics of the moment. And I think es- especially when it comes to a presidential election, I mean, I think, I think the higher level of of political campaign is happening the the less it matters in terms of our our view or our vote um and then as as it comes down into you know your state your county your city your neighborhood your school district i mean that at each level it actually becomes more important and you have a greater opportunity to actually be involved in the process uh, in a way that's meaningful um so we we wanted to ask uh or we just wanted to show with our our listeners our audience that there have been radically different approaches to the question of political involvement among believers Um, and you know on one end you have a group like the anabaptists who have been largely have largely taken themselves out of involvement in political matters uh one of one of the guys that i enjoy following and we've actually had him on this uh show before Um, he wrote a book called love over fear is a guy named Dan white jr. He's an Anabaptist. He doesn't vote. Um, but that doesn't mean he's not engaged in the conversation when, when he's engaged in the conversation right now, it's primarily to believers about how they're running their witness during this election season. So it's not really about, should you vote for, uh, Trump or Biden or Kanye, which I mean, by the way, if you didn't know that the, the political, Process at the presidential level is broken after 2016, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, we don't really have a democracy when it comes, at least to the presidential level, um, because if you if you end up with a choice of Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, you can get really worked up about that. But I don't know why you would. Um, <laughs> so and I think it's going to be the same thing. Like if we add Kanye in there and Biden instead of uh, Clinton, and then you still have Trump. Um, It's you have to really ask, like, is this really something that should be taking up a lot of my time and energy uh, and my focus? Hmm. So the Anabaptists basically opt out. They opt out. They don't vote. Uh, One of the slogans that I saw from them was that they believe that um, what changes a society is prayer, not polls. And uh, I think you can make a pretty strong case from scriptures that certainly prayer should be in the lead over um, how we're going to vote at the polls. And then the other side of the, the spectrum is the moral majority, which really came to prominence in the 70s and 80s uh, under Jerry Falwell. And they got very involved in politics and, and formed a, um, a political action group that did, did a lot to get people elected. Um, I think all Republicans, but uh, basically people that they thought were... Gonna fight for conservative values and overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, the great thing about that is you can actually kind of see and study. Well, what was the outcome of the Moral Majority? Because they had a pretty big influence in the late 70s and throughout the 80s. What's the legacy? What what change have we seen in our country as a result of that kind of involvement? So, you know, that was the uh, that was the point between Anabaptist and Moral Majority is that you're gonna have Christians who are all along the spectrum in terms of how involved they are with politi- uh, political causes. Yeah,
2: that's good, Andrew. That was very informative. A lot of stuff, I was like, oh man, blowing my mind over here. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, what I've understood from reading the Bible and spending time with the Lord is that we actually do have a very small sample size from Jesus on his interaction with politics and not even just interacting with leaders at the time and the climate, but he was— active in his ministry for 3 years, you know. So we get we get those 3 years and some of the big focuses of his life in ministry was pleasing God, not necessarily uh the politics. So I I think that uh we almost get freedom because um we don't know this for sure, but w- chances are we're going to be and have been on the earth a little bit longer like uh and get to be active in ministry a little bit longer. So I think we do have to find creative and, and effective ways of engaging with politics of our day and look at some of the leaders before us, uh, men and women who've uh, really gone deep in this uh, subject and and learned from them because, like I said, we don't really get uh, too much specifically on Jesus and politics. The one thing that we do get is that, uh, yeah, he he submitted to the authority in charge at the time, you know, so when it came to giving taxes, Jesus, it wasn't a stumbling block for him to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to give to Caesar what's Caesar's. But I'm gonna to give to, what, to God what's God's, you know. And uh, even when it came to Herod, that quote that you quoted Andrew, earlier, uh, he eventually just left. Like, hey, yeah, I don't have time for this. But I'm also just gonna leave. Like, this is not gonna be something that I'm gonna prioritize. So um, I do see that Jesus, um, yeah, he ruffled feathers with the with the spiritual leaders, and because that that was that was the thing that he was going for. But when it came to politics. Uh, there was a lot of time when it was like, hey, have you heard what Pilate did and how he did this? He's like, hey, uh, <laughs> hey we're, we're going <laughs> to perish, too, if we, don't, if we don't get right with God. You know, so how do we stay focused, um, learn from uh, you know, people who have gone before us? Because I know there's some subject matter experts out there who've gone deep in the subject. But also to, to have Jesus as our primary example with a small sample size that, yes, this is going to be a part of our lives, but not something that we're going to prioritize.
1: Yeah, that's really good. And just to put some scripture behind um, what both of you guys have said, I, in fact, it's we did not know what he, we were going to say. We are, always, it's always a surprise what you guys are going to say. But the verses that I picked out to kind of highlight really fit perfectly w- with what you both just shared. So, bravo! Um, in Titus three nine, it says to avoid foolish controversies and quarrels about the law, for they will be unprofitable. That's kind of a paraphrase I left out a little bit, but that's the general gist. Mm. And I love that verse. Maybe just like plaster that all over your computer whenever you're about to like get into it with someone, just be like, avoid it, please. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the other one which goes really well um, with what you were saying in regards to prayer being really important is in 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, it says, make prayers and intercessions for all people for our kings and for those in high positions. And that's like a straight up, you know, command for us to do as believers that that is actually maybe the most important thing we can do as believers. Um, and I think it's easy to get sucked in to think if this person gets into power, then, you know, if it's just going to be a disaster. I have lived in my short little life because I'm super young um under both Republican and Democratic presidents, and I am here to tell you that people are still sinners, little oh, bummer um people are still doing really bad things, making really bad choices um, and not much has really changed um by having I mean things have changed. I mean who I'm paying for for my insurance and blah 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 things have gone down that have impacted my life, but, it has not changed the heart of man. And so I have to keep reminding myself of that, you know, that um, it does not matter who is is up in the White House um, of how it's going to affect my personal um, witness and my personal walk with Jesus. When I stand before him, he's not going to be like, I saw who you voted for.
2: Like, <laughs>
1: gosh, that was a big mistake, Abigail. So. So, do you guys have any other like um, biblical references you want to bring to the table? We want to discuss before we move on to the next question.
0: Yeah, I mean, First Timothy two was was one of the verses that I wanted to highlight. So I'm glad you touched on that, and it kind of played right into First uh, Thessalonians chapter four um, verses ten and eleven, because uh, like you you read in First Timothy the. The point of this prayer is not that we get the most qualified person um, as a king or as an emperor or as a president, as a senator. It's so that we can live a quiet life. And if you read the rest of 1 Timothy 2, the, the whole focus of that chapter is um, God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That's That's mm-hmm. only a couple of verses later. So we're praying for what happens at the governmental level, so that it's, it creates a, a, um, a setting where the gospel can spread uh, in, in the most optimal way. And, and part of that is going to be based on us being able to live these quiet lives. And so First Thessalonians 4 also talks about this um, in verses um, 11 and 12. So First Thessalonians 4 says, Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your hands just as we commanded you, so that you will behave properly toward outsiders and not be in any need. So, yeah, pray for the political powers that be, but keep your focus on living this quiet life, and um having a good witness among your neighbors, the people that are actually going to see your life day in and day out. Um so that's a verse that I wanted to share with uh First Timothy. Keith, you got any?
2: Yeah, John chapter 18, when uh, you know, Jesus is finally arrested. They got him, his back's against the wall, and uh Pilate's trying to get some truth out of him in chapter 18, and Jesus mm-hmm. is uh Pilate says, like, don't you know that I have authority to to release you and I have authority to crucify you? And uh, Jesus simply says to him, like, you have no authority unless it has been given from above. You know, therefore, he who gave you to me has a greater sin. So, um, yeah, just keeping that in perspective, like, I don't, I know as believers, we shouldn't fear, man. Like, uh, Jesus wasn't worried about what Pilate could or couldn't do to him because ultimately he knew that it was in God's hands. Um." And same with Paul later when he was in Jerusalem. I was reading this this morning in the book of Acts, but uh, he was going to be arrested and they're like, hey, they're going to beat you. And like, man, do you not know that I'm willing to die for the gospel, like for the name of Christ? And like, we have to have the same mindset. Like they come and take all our guns, like they took our guns, like it doesn't matter. You know, it's like, hey, if we're going to go, we're going to go someday. So keep the main thing, the main thing, like keep your eyes fixed on Jesus.
1: I felt like you used um, a Southern accent just then when you said to take <laughs> our guns and I'm personally offended.
0: <laughs> I thought it was pretty, pretty, it was pretty lame. Believe me, we live good. in Southern California and we, we, we know people who are absolutely all about, uh, oh, yeah. you know, Yeah, you live in a
1: military community. I'm, I, sh- I don't even, I don't believe you they're still from the South, probably. I'm just joking, everyone listening (laughs) jokes from Abigail, who lives in Texas. So don't worry, everything's fine. Um, Yeah, so let's maybe get into the practical tips that we promised our listeners to begin with. Um, I think that Really, we are just beginning to see the craziness that is going to come upon us as we get closer to November. So I really want to leave our listeners with something good to hold on to. So let's get into it. I think for me personally, my greatest tip for all of you is just if um, you have anxiety about such things, if they get really intense, if you can't handle social media, this is the time to get off like we are on social media and we hope you're following us. Just go ahead and click follow on Into the Harvest and then like just sign out for an extended period. Of time. <laughs> but I'm serious. I had to do it last last presidential election and it was good for my spirit. You guys like there is just no need so know your heart, know your headspace, and just check yourself out. You do not have to be a part of the conversation. Um, and even if you're not a part of it, you don't have to even read it. Like, you don't even have to listen to it. So I think my biggest tip is to know if it's raising your anxiety level, if it's getting your heart and your mind away from Jesus Christ and the peace that we have through him, then get yourself away. <laughs> So, it's not like, you know, a genius tip, but it was good for me. So, I'm going to pass it on to you guys. What do you guys have? Let's hear it.
2: Yeah, I think for me, um, yeah, if you don't take Abby's recommendation and fast and take a break from social media, like you still want to be there, you're still going to be present. Because uh, I, I do like that idea, Abby. Sometimes you just got to take a step back. Uh, but my advice is similar like, just don't go there. Like, don't go there. Don't think you have to wrestle tooth and nail for every argument, um, every belief and uh, stance that you have. Like, you don't have to go there. So Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman, and she's asking all these questions. And she asked him, hey, are you greater than our, our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it and et cetera? And he completely ignores that question. So <laughs> if you don't, like, don't go there. You don't always have to go there. Like, don't feel like you got to win every battle, every political conversation. Just don't go there.
0: Yeah. I I like both of those. And so I know we're we're getting kind of relative to social media here. So if you cannot completely fast from social media, (laughs) taking Abigail's, um, then I would say fast from making political posts on Facebook. So maybe you're still there. It's kind of, I guess a combo of what Keith is saying and Abigail's. Um, but actually think of it as fasting that you're going to abstain from posting political, uh, commentary. Um, and dedicate that to the Lord, that you're going to trust the Lord, that he's able to work in spite of um, everything that's going on. I would also say prayer. Um, you know, if you're if you're going to post, then are you praying? Because, you know, the Bible doesn't say anything about uh, our, our need to engage in these conversations, but it does say a lot about prayer and the importance of doing that as a... Um, as a step towards seeing God do what he he wants to do in in society today. Um, And then the last thing I would say, I I heard a great quote from uh, Naval Ravikant, who's one of the guys I follow on Twitter. But he said that the human brain isn't designed to process all of the world's emergencies in real time and i think that's happening to us is that we're all trying to process all these emergencies in real time and i guarantee you that over the next three or four months it's going to be one emergency after another from different political parties that if if this guy gets in or if this person gets elected um the world's going to end your brain wasn't designed to process that so i I would say pray like you should be praying way more than you're posting if you're anxious then like abby said get off but also spend time in prayer. That's that's what Scripture tells us to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Andrew. And I think um, as doers that Andrew and I both claim to be, and we definitely are. Um, <laughs> if that if you have to like step away, but and now you feel like oh, I'm not doing enough. Well, you can pray, friends. If you're feeling that anxiety of like I should do my part, then that is a hundred percent. What we should be doing, I think that's basically the takeaway from this whole episode. If you get anything, um, when it comes to politics, just be praying. Like I, I think it's, I think this is a good roundup for how it, how it should end. So whatever happens, we prayed about it, so we can have confidence in Jesus. All right, guys, another 30 minutes has passed us by. I think we've really solved the world's problems. (laughs) If you like fast forwarded and you just got to now, um, just know we really took care of business. All the pol- pol- political parties are taken care of we did it great job um but in all seriousness good conversation really loved hearing what you guys had to say you guys listening we would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on this so please comment send us um direct messages you can email at us at info at into and don't forget to pass this episode on maybe to your most politically minded friends <laughs> Right, we'll see you guys next week. Right, Bye. See you.
0: See you, <laughs> Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible.